0: Canada became the second country in the world to legalize recreational marijuana on June the 19, 2018, though it would be four months before becoming effectively legal. And because it's now legal, many people assume that it must be safe and harmless. It's a natural product and has proven medical benefits. But are we hearing the whole story? Are there facts about marijuana that you're not being told, and if so, What are those facts? Are there unintended consequences to this landmark decision? How may it impact your life? And if you think, it doesn't affect me because I never use the stuff and have no plans to do so, think again. That may be a mistake. I'll be back in a moment with five facts you need to know about the hallucinogenic cannabis plant known as marijuana, so don't go away. Welcome to Tomorrow's World where I'm asking whether it was a good decision to legalize recreational marijuana in Canada. A majority of Canadians approved of the decision and for them, it was an open and shut case. It's a mild relaxant, it's harmless, it has many health benefits, and by making it legal, it will reduce crime and lower overall drug use. This is a story we've been told, but is it the whole story? Sadly, many sincere people have bought the activist propaganda, and on today's program, I'll give you five facts you need, and yet are probably not hearing, but need to hear about marijuana. I'll also be offering a backup resource titled, Marijuana, What They Aren't Telling You. Canada, the United States, Australia, and New Zealand are plunging headlong into a marijuana mecca. Yet there are a growing number of studies that show a link between cannabis and mental health problems. So why, in the light of numerous studies showing mental health problems associated with cannabis, has Canada and other jurisdictions legalized it recreationally? The answer is found in Fact number 1. Well-funded activists are behind marijuana legalization. There's been a concerted effort on the part of activists to sell marijuana to an unsuspecting citizenry, but who are these activists? Most people have no idea. All we hear is that marijuana is medicine, that it's natural, that it will free up police to work on more serious problems, and that it's a mild and safe substance with no downside. That's the drumbeat we hear everywhere. Activists learned from past mistakes that they could never get cannabis legalized by promoting the idea that it is good to get high. So they've used different tactics at different times to reach their ultimate goal, but their most recent and most successful campaign was to convince ordinary people such as you and me, people who have no interest in toking up, that cannabis is medicine. California's Proposition 215 opened the floodgates by making medical marijuana legal in the state on November 5, 1996. The influence of California is immense, and Canada followed with our own medical marijuana program in 2001. But who was behind Prop 215? Three men, Peter Lewis, George Zimmer, and George Soros contributed a combined According to Berenson and many other thinking people, medical marijuana has always been a ruse for legalizing recreational use. He explains in Tell Your Children the Truth About Marijuana, Mental Health and Violence. Linking legalization to medical use has proven the crucial step. It encourages voters to think of marijuana as something other than an intoxicant. The difference between cannabis and every other drug is that an entire industry now trumpets marijuana's benefits, promising a high with no low, a reward without risks. But hasn't marijuana been proven to have many medical benefits? That brings me to fact number two. The case for medical marijuana is grossly overstated. Activists have been very successful selling the public the idea that cannabis is a wonder medicine. But do the facts match the hype? The distinguished Dr. Gary Wink was asked to sit on Ohio's Medical Marijuana Advisory Committee. The Ohio State Medical Marijuana Program limits participation in the state's program to these diverse conditions. AIDS amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, Alzheimer's disease, cancer, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, Crohn's disease, epilepsy, or another seizure disorder, fibromyalgia, glaucoma, hepatitis C, inflammatory bowel disease, multiple sclerosis, pain that is either chronic and severe or intractable, Parkinson's disease, positive status for HIV, post-traumatic stress disorder, sickle cell anemia, spinal cord disease or injury, Tourette syndrome, traumatic brain injury, and ulcerative colitis. It's clear from a Psychology Today article that Dr. Wenk is open-minded about potential benefits of marijuana or its non-hallucinogenic ingredient CBD. However, note this revealing comment from the doctor in that article. Simply stated, there is no reliable clinical evidence to support the use of marijuana for any of these conditions. None at all. A more recent British study investigated the effectiveness of cannabis as medicine for these six mental health conditions depression, anxiety, attention deficit hyperactive disorder. Tourette's syndrome, post-traumatic stress disorder, psychosis. The results were published in the Lancet Psychiatry Journal. Here's what these scientists found as reported in the National Post on October 28, 2019. They analyzed 83 published and unpublished studies covering around 3,000 people between 1980 and 2018. They found that pharmaceutical THC, either with or without CBD, made psychosis worse and did not significantly affect any other primary outcomes for the mental illnesses analyzed. In spite of the lack of evidence, the non hallucinogenic ingredient CBD is being touted as a wonder drug for whatever ails you. Have cancer? CBD to the rescue. Parkinson's? No problem works there just as well. Back pain, depression, nausea caused by any conditions, CBD is your answer. Have you listened carefully and critically to the advertisements for CBD? CBD is often marketed as a cure looking for a disease, yet few will accept anything beyond anecdotal evidence. The research is not there to back up most claims, There are testimonials suggesting cannabis helped treat people's cancer, or even rid them of the disease, but as far as Canada's leading researchers are concerned, such stories are just that, stories. There have yet to be substantive clinical trials suggesting cannabis has therapeutic capabilities. Does this mean there will never be any medical uses for the plant? Not at all. Many medicines are plant-based, But the problem is that there has been an agenda here all along, and activists have dishonestly sold people, through testimonial anecdotes, that it is a cure-all when proper testing is lacking. And what we see is that once marijuana is legalized for medical purposes, the next step is to legalize it recreationally. This is the pattern. There is a clear progression from medicine to recreation and this will continue to happen as naive publics are manipulated by well-funded campaigns from activists, whose real goal from the beginning is to fully legalize a drug for recreational purposes. Probably the most one has to lose by trying CBD is the money shelled out, but as one medical doctor explained to me, any product that has the potential to make a positive benefit, Also contains a potential for adverse side effects, but setting that aside, when it comes to cannabis with the hallucinogenic ingredient THC, that is a more serious matter, and there are downsides to its use. I'll address two of them in the next portion of this program, but first I must tell you about today's vital resource, marijuana. What they aren't telling you in this valuable resource. Albertan author and educator Stuart Wachowicz addresses such questions as, If it's legal, isn't it safe? And is there any good reason to get high? This well-documented resource contains source notes that allow you to do your own research. You need this publication, so call toll-free or go to our website to order your free copy of Marijuana, What They Aren't Telling You and I'll be right back with more facts you need to know about marijuana.
1: Let me tell you how you can get your free copy of Marijuana, What They Aren't Telling You. Simply dial the number on your screen. You can also order at TWCanada.org. We're happy to send this to you at no cost because we believe this information to be invaluable. Substance abuse is a problem that affects us all. You need to be informed on this topic. Don't wait. We have operators ready to take your call or you can order online. If you missed our contact information, don't worry, I'll be back to give it again.
0: On today's Tomorrow's World program, I'm showing you five facts you likely haven't been told about marijuana. So far we've seen fact number one, Well funded activists are behind marijuana legalization. Fact number two the case for medical marijuana is grossly overstated. Fact number three marijuana is linked to mental health problems. Dozens of studies from different countries show there is a connection between cannabis use and mental illness. A number of physicians and parents are pushing back against the long-held assertion of users and advocates that marijuana is a safe, benign, and even beneficial drug. Those sounding the alarm include the nation's mental health czar, as well as doctors in Colorado, California, and Massachusetts where marijuana is legal for recreational use. They say the facts are irrefutable. Excessive use of high THC pot and concentrated oil is linked to psychotic episodes that in some cases develop into full-blown schizophrenia. Today's marijuana is a totally different marijuana from that of the 1960s and 70s, when THC levels were closer to 1-2%. to Beginning in the 1990s, growers began working to increase the THC level content to as much as 25%, and with that has come an increase in mental health problems. Researchers know that there is a time lag between when one starts using cannabis and when mental illness may begin. Therefore, it is not unexpected that increasing problems would begin showing up sometime after 2000. Researchers in Denmark recently examined that country's mental illness registry to see if the incidence of schizophrenia had changed between 2000 and 2012. They found a striking increase. Schizophrenia diagnosis rose about 30%. But it gets worse. These higher THC levels seem to be contributing to another trend. An even bigger surprise came when they looked at adults from age 30 to 59. Psychiatrists expect schizophrenia and bipolar disorder to become obvious by the late 20's, but the researchers found that 46 out of 100,000 people in the over 30 group received a new psychosis diagnosis every year. The high proportion of true cases in this sample presenting after age 30 Contrast with conventional wisdom. I've quoted Alex Berenson several times, and it would be good to give you a little background on this former New York Times reporter. In his book, Tell Your Children, he admits the following I never took this stuff, but I had no moral problem with it. If anything, I tended to be a libertarian on drugs, figuring people ought to be allowed to make their own mistakes. But a conversation with his wife changed his mind. Jacqueline is a New York State psychiatrist who specializes in evaluating the criminally insane. One evening they were discussing a particularly brutal crime when she casually remarked, Of course, he was high, been smoking pot his whole life. Berenson questioned what she meant by, Of course, to which she replied, Yeah. They all smoke, referring to those she works with, and that led to an interesting husband and wife discussion in which Berenson explains, I'm not sure if I said to my wife that night, oh please, but I thought it. Jacqueline would have been within her rights to say, I trained at Harvard and Columbia, unlike you. I know what I'm talking about, unlike you. Maybe quit mansplaining. Instead, she offered something neutral like, I think that's what the big studies say. You should read them. And he did. What this marijuana libertarian learned was not what he expected, and it turned him into an outspoken critic of the weed. Stuart Wachowicz's booklet, Marijuana, What They Aren't Telling You, addresses problems with cannabis such as loss of motivation, brain impairment and mental health, lung and heart damage, and cancer risks. In addition, he addresses head-on the activist flawed arguments. What about medical marijuana? And will legalization reduce crime and overall drug use? Also, these controversial questions. If marijuana is a problem, why do we not also ban alcohol? And isn't it a matter of personal choice? Order your free copy today of Marijuana, what they aren't telling you, and I'll be back in a minute to give you another powerful reason to leave cannabis alone.
1: To request your free copy, call the number on your screen and ask for the booklet on marijuana, or order online at TWCanada.org. Have you ever asked, where is the world headed? What does the future hold for me? Or if morality even matters anymore? Tomorrow's World Magazine answers these questions and more and will also be sent to you free of charge. Call us right now or visit us online to get your free copy of Marijuana, What They Aren't Telling You and Tomorrow's World magazine. Enjoy the rest of today's program.
0: On this Tomorrow's World program, I'm discussing five facts about marijuana that you need to know. I told you before the break that I would give you another powerful reason to leave cannabis alone. It's something that Jacqueline Berenson sees firsthand in her work as a criminal psychiatrist. Fact number four cannabis is linked to violence. Most people think of marijuana as strictly a calming drug, but is this the whole story? Not according to this 2016 Psychology Today article. New research published online. An advance of print in the journal Psychological Medicine concludes that persistent use of cannabis may cause violent behavior as a result of changes in brain function due to smoking weed over many years. Researchers have long debated a possible link between use of marijuana and violent crime. In contrast to alcohol, meth, and many other illegal drugs, the mellowing effects of cannabis seem unsuited to promoting violent behavior. However, ample previous research has linked marijuana use to increased violent behavior. Sarah Young, writing for The Independent, a well-respected British online newspaper, reported the following in an article titled Smoking Cannabis Increases Violent Behavior in Young People with Mental Health Disorder, Fine Study. A new study on cannabis has found that users with mental illness present an increased risk of violent behavior, and while previous research has already shown a link between cannabis and aggressive behavior, this new study found that users who continue to smoke at each follow-up appointment increased their risk of violence by 144%. With a recent meta-analysis, of neuroimaging studies demonstrating that chronic cannabis users have deficits in the prefrontal cortex, a part of the brain that inhibits impulsive behavior. It's important to note that most people do not exhibit violent behavior, but a small percentage do, and the problem sometimes happens suddenly with no previous warning signs. So far today we've looked at these four facts. Fact number 1. Well-funded activists are behind marijuana legalization. Number 2. The case for medical marijuana is grossly overstated. Number 3. Marijuana is linked to mental health problems. Number 4. Cannabis is linked to violence. Number 5. Cannabis promised big money. In addition to being a cure-all for what ails you, Legalizing cannabis held out the prospect of making some people very rich. Growers and dealers, legal and illegal, and tobacco companies anticipated a bonanza. And what government doesn't love a new source of tax revenue? Since legalization, Canada is becoming a major supplier both internally and externally, exporting cannabis products to such diverse countries as Australia, Brazil, the Cayman Islands, Croatia, Germany, and South Africa. However, the early hype about getting rich off marijuana is turning out for many to be just as bankrupt as marijuana's medical miracles. Black marketeers continue to undercut legal tax products and there is already a significant drop in the price in some markets. Ian Austin, writing for the New York Times, wrote the following when Canada became the first major industrialized nation to legalize recreational marijuana, visions of billions of dollars in profits inspired growers, retailers, and investors, sending the stock market soaring in a so-called green rush. A year later, the euphoria has vanished. The article goes on to say, No one wants to invest in it now, said John Kurt Planusen a professor of marketing at the Smith School of Business at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. This is because those who have invested have generally lost money. This is not to say that some will not make money. Some will. No doubt, but the luster of getting rich quick for the average legal investor has faded away. Neither do we deny that there may be some limited medical benefits from cannabis, specifically CBD, from the non-hallucinogenic hemp plant, but we will only know after proper testing is done. What we do know is that the end game from the beginning coming from cannabis activists was to legalize it recreationally, and they have succeeded, but recreational marijuana is a moral rather than a medical issue. There already are and will be serious consequences as a result. We are warned from the page of the Bible, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. The prophet Hosea warned the people of his day that the direction they were going would bring disaster. But Hosea's predictions were dual and apply to the end time. Note this sobering warning in chapter 8 and verse 7. They sow to the wind and reap the whirlwind. Canada is sowing marijuana. Get ready for the whirlwind, for it is surely coming upon our hedonistic, pleasure seeking nation. Be sure to order a free copy of Marijuana, What They Aren't Telling You, and do it before you forget and be sure to stay tuned for Tomorrow's World Answers. To learn more about future events that will affect you and your family, continue to watch Tomorrow's World, where Stuart Wahabich, Michael Haykoop, and I will bring you more information about today's issues and the glorious hope of tomorrow's world.
1: To learn more about today's topic, visit TWCanada.org. You can also order by calling us at 1-866-784-7895 Or by writing to us at Tomorrow's World, PO Box 409, Mississauga, Ontario, L5M 0P6
2: Welcome to Tomorrow's World Answers, where we answer your questions straight from the Bible. Since the late 1500's the use of tobacco products has exploded in both Western and Eastern societies early English and Spanish explorers first encountered the practice among the native peoples of the Americas and eventually popularized it in their homelands. The custom grew to the point where in the 1950's the majority of the world's adult population smoked, sniffed or chewed tobacco products. It was popular, trendy and thought largely to be harmless. Does the Bible give any instruction concerning smoking? Is smoking tobacco a sin? As early as 1602, concerns were being expressed about the health effects of smoking. An essay entitled, Work of Chimney Sweepers, published in England, compared illnesses of chimney sweepers caused by soot to effects of smoking tobacco. By the 1960s, medical research had confirmed the link between smoking and the use of other tobacco products and a large range of serious illnesses including cancers. Thus knowing the risk posed by tobacco use, should a follower of the Bible engage in such practices? Paul was inspired to write that we human beings are to become a dwelling place for God's Spirit, and as such we are to do all we can to keep our mind and body free of that which would bring us harm or damage the body. Do you not know that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. It is also incumbent upon us not only to avoid bringing harm to ourselves, but to others as well, and in so doing show kindness to all mankind. A recent report from the Center of Disease Control and Prevention in the United States confirmed the impact of secondhand smoke on others. Secondhand smoke exposure contributes to approximately 41,000 deaths among non smoking adults and 400 deaths in infants each year. Children who are exposed to secondhand smoke are at increased risk for sudden infant death syndrome. Knowingly doing something that will harm oneself and others is a clear violation of the letter and the spirit of God's law. And it is withholding kindness to fellow human beings. Hence, God inspired Paul to instruct us Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Smoking is a sin because it harms the user and those around them. To submit a question for the show, email us at twanswers at tomorrowsworld.org. Be sure to watch us online by searching Tomorrow's World Answers on YouTube. If you like our videos, be sure to subscribe and click the notification bell. You can also visit us online at twcanada.org.
1: At our website, you can also watch this and many more Tomorrow's World programs. Call 1 1- Write or visit us online today. This program is a production of The Living Church of God.